Losing a loved one can evoke a whirlwind of emotions, plunging us into a sea of contemplation. Recently, I too experienced the loss of two of my great-grandparents, and their departure has caused me to examine my own childhood, and it's caused me to reflect on my different memories with them and start to realize how they shaped me as a person and helped me become who I am today. The relationships we forge in our formative years hold an extraordinary influence over the paths we tread and when these beloved individuals depart from our lives, their presence lingers, slightly shaping us in ways that we never truly fathom. Today, our guest bears witness to the enduring impacts of such a relationship. She lost someone immensely dear to her, a God in light who believed in her when no one else did. This is the Myers Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson, and this is episode 18, Marina. Right after the break. This episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Bazaar Art Prize. If you are an artist, now is the time to enter the contest and showcase your work on their international platform and have a chance to win $50,000 in prize money. You have until midnight on July 17th, LA time to enter the contest. To enter and find all the information, go to beautifulbazaarartprize.art. If you enjoy the podcast and want even more content while supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Real and sign up today for only $3 a month. That's less than one cent a day. Thank you for your support and enjoy the episode. So give me a little intro. Uh, your name, uh, where you're from, what you do. Um, do you also need my last name or is this like It's completely irrelevant? up to you. It's completely up to you. So actually my, um, I would not, say my last name i don't think it's uh, it's a little bit complicated so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's also not really such, so necessary but actually my first name legal name is marina uh, the second part mika it was uh, actually given to me um in a really sweet way before i kind of started with my art let's say in a more serious way i was a, a big fan of like um, anime manga and i had this type of friends we would sometimes cosplay sometimes dress up in the japanese um, like 90s early 2000s uh, street styles each of them had their kind of um, japanese uh, name like a persona um and uh, one of these people um actually had a dream where they were calling me Mika and I found it super super cute so I was like yeah I'm going to go with it <laughs> and um late later on I was a little bit more sure about my art style what's kind of my signature style what I feel comfortable with and what's like really me not like trying to um, be somebody else or experimenting I was like 100% yeah okay this is mine I was really unsure about my art name I didn't want to go with my full legal name I found it a little bit like uh, I don't want to be too personal um, and I do also like to keep some parts of my life uh, private this is very very important to me such as my last name uh, but just Marina is like uh, you can find it anywhere it's not, it doesn't sound, you know, or um, it's not so recognizable. So I used this second part, Mika, which I really liked as a name. So it's kind of how it came to be. While Marina is currently based in Germany, she did grow up in Croatia. I was born and raised in Croatia. It's um, actually a small country. It 
was a part of ex-Yugoslavia. But I was born after the war, so it was always Croatia for me. I was born on the coast, so I did grow up on the seaside. And uh, I did have a beautiful upbringing. We were always um, close to the sea, a lot of animals. Um, I don't know, but always since I was small, I always had this special love and connection to cats. I don't know why, but um, I guess they are just my favorite animals. And um, I did go to high school there by the coast, but it was like a small city. I did grow grow bored quite um, quick (laughs) of this small town and everything. So I I was always like uh, very interested in what's what's more in the world. While growing up, Marina always enjoyed meeting new people and hearing stories and was always intrigued by the unknown. You said you always wanted to kind of to see the world. What kind of stuff did you get into in your town? I know you said you'd get bored and stuff like that because it was a smaller town, but kind of what were you into growing up as a kid? I was always into art. I was always um, watching a lot of animated movies. I was always fascinated by the um, fact that um, something like a drawing can be can move can um, or something like in a let's say in a sense of an animated movie uh, but also in a sense of like just an art piece that it can actually evoke emotions it can do something with a person I was always very fascinated by something like this and I did cherish a lot of arts. Uh, my mom actually had a lot of, um, I don't know why she had it. <laughs> she was never invested into it and she was never of this religion, but she had a lot of um, Indian, religi- Indian religious books. <laughs> um, and um, they had the most beautiful illustrations of the Buddha, of Krishna, and like all of these Indian gods. And I found these illustrations to be so amazing they were like had a lot of enlightenment they were they were also very precise and you could you could feel something like something very mystic about it that i will always always take these books and just like look at these like illustrations i was like oh my god this is amazing but when i really want to grow up to uh, to be able to understand this so yeah it was always kind of like connected to this mysticism i would say and spirituality of course and you can and you mean you can still see all that in your work today so that's crazy yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i think so too yeah my mom was always interested into kind of also like this um secret stuff and uh i don't know learning about other religions other spiritual um beliefs so I did find this also very interesting. I do feel like I did find the perfect balance to represent um, my father and my mother also through my emotional experiences to convey in my art, like their their different interests and their different like uh, positive aspects of both of them and conveyed them to represent in my art, but not to get lost into my parents' aspects, um, then like kind of merging it to be more me, if it makes sense. (laughs) While growing up, 
Marina was also very into anime. Well, that was until her mother kind of made her stop watching. Um, well, that's also a very funny story. I'm not very much uh, now into this anime scene and like this fashion. I'm kind of grew out of it. I do still love um, this whole scene when I see it from like uh, from afar. It does evoke a lot of like warm feelings. But I'm not active in this scene anymore. Um, I'm more like uh, interested in other stuff. Um, it was also very funny how I got into it. Um, as a kid, uh, I did watch a lot of um, cartoons. The type of cartoons that were at that time on TV were a little bit more violent in nature. Like uh, also the characters were drawn very nervously, like the lines were very nervous and uh, my mom noticed it was not really having a good effect on me. So it was making me more like nervous, more like attacking my small, little sister and stuff like this. She was like, no, I really don't want this um, on my kid because I was really like sucked into this like world of animation. I was like really believing animated people were like true, like true people. This is like, <laughs> it did have like a big impact on my, on my mind. And then she, since my mom would visit my grandparents in Berlin quite often, she would also, as she was a child, she would watch TV on German TV and she did notice that the characters and the animated um, cartoons on the German TV were quite mild. So she switched, she switched um, our um, receiver to receive um, German TV. So I started to watch like German cartoons and they were a lot milder, to be honest. Um, but I did not understand it. So um, I did have not much choice but to adapt myself and uh, start to learn German. So that's how I actually even learned. Um, eventually, I did watch it over the years and eventually they started to um, emit like um, animes like Sailor Moon and like, I don't know, Naruto and like a, a lot of these type of cartoons. And I fell in love with the characters. I found the characters to be like super beautiful. And I was like, I want to find out more as per usual. So um, when the time came that I was like allowed to use the internet, I was like Googling them and watching on YouTube what this about. So um, I did learn, okay, these are Japanese cartoons. Um, they are not like synchronized in German. This is the original language. And I was like, oh, is there is there more? And then, you know, how you kind of go in the rabbit hole. And then I, yeah, at one point I was completely sucked into this whole world. Growing up, she struggled to find friends in her small town who shared her love for anime. But everything changed when she finally moved away for university. In my, in my birth town, there was no such people who they even had didn't have this type of interest at all. So um, once uh, I did kind of, by I think ran very randomly, I did uh, see an event um, in the capital city. There were like a few people organizing an event for like anime and Japanese street style lovers to kind of have a picnic. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my type of people. I, I, I want to go to this like picnic event. I want to meet them. 
And I begged my dad, like, hey, please, please, can you, like, drive me? I really want to meet disabled people. And he did. So that's how I met the whole group at that time. They were they were also super, super accepting. Um, so I just came with my smaller sister, with my little sister, and uh, they were super welcoming. They were, hey, girls, you know, you're new. Let's meet. Let's, um, I don't know, like, have a nice day. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, they're super welcoming. They're super nice. I want to stay. I want to meet these people. I want to become friends with them. So it kind of came to be in this type of way. During my numerous interviews, I've discovered a common theme among aspiring artists. They often encounter discouragement, constantly being told that pursuing art is not a secure path. And it's true, the artistic journey can be unpredictable and unstable. But as a result of this, many of these people are encouraged to make art a backup. And so art becomes plan B, while a stable career becomes plan A. Consequently, a significant number of artists gravitate toward pursuing a degree in graphic design. It seems like a logical step, I guess, a profession that allows for artistic expression while offering a reliable paycheck. Marina's story follows that similar path. And um, But I did go to the capital city of Croatia to study. I did study um, visual arts. I did, I did, I did uh, receive my uh, master's in uh, graphic design, more like uh, in an illustrative um, point. Uh, but we did have a lot of classes on art academy, fashion design and stuff like this. For the longest time, actually, I was thinking I want to become a uh, cartoon animator. But I don't know. In some type of way, my life uh, developed differently. So I just rolled with it. Um, and yeah, after getting my uh, master's degree, I did get an opportunity to a uh, job in, Ber- in not in Berlin, but like in Germany. And then I kind of came to Berlin. And now I'm here for the past five years. So, yeah, <laughs> it was all very, un- it was all very, very unplanned, but uh, I, I kind of just ended up here. But like most other artists I speak to, graphic design turned out to not be as creatively fulfilling as they expected it to be. From my experience, I didn't feel um, it was like so very creative. Um, it was like a, any other job. So I didn't feel much inspired to continue doing this. And to be honest, I didn't like to sit eight hours for five days. <laughs> it, it made me It made me feel like very saggy very tired and (laughs) yeah so I was like okay maybe for a while I should do something else and um, now working with gemstones I do move much more I stand a lot more so it feels much better for my body so that's that's kind of the reason why I'm doing something else um, not graphic design. Marina has had a lifelong curiosity for the unknown. Like I said before, it all began in the beginning of her childhood when she found her mother's Indian religious books. And as she grew older, her interests expanded. She became deeply engrossed into subjects like astrology. So how exactly did you get into astrology and, and all that sort of thing? 
Oh, well, I wasn't also into this, uh, all type of, all kinds of like astrological or mythological or occult type of things, mystery. I was always like a little bit curious about it. I found it like super interesting or, oh my God, like anything that's kind of like a little bit secret is of course intriguing. And you're like, oh, can I learn more? I would like to know why is it like so hidden, you know, like a cat. Um, and it's, I think it's a very natural thing that humans have this like curiosity. Um, but I was never really diving too deep into it because at that time I was really like an innocent kid, like more into this anime world and like this cutesy stuff. It kind of came to me, uh, because w once I was walking with somebody, a friend, I think, um, on the street and I found a really like nice stone it was like transparent and stuff stuff like this and I was like oh my god this is like beautiful I'm gonna take it with me and uh, later that day I showed it to uh, another friend which I knew was into this astrology and like tarot and everything and she said oh my god this is like a quartz crystal and I was like what is that and she was yeah, this is like a gemstone and it has this and this properties and this and this healing powers. And I was like, oh my God, this is super interesting. Tell me more about it. And she was like, yeah, usually crystals find their owners. And I was like, what? What? What is this? And then slowly over years, um, it kind of came to be. Then I started to collect the stones. I wanted to know their properties i wanted to know what kind of um, power they have what kind of frequency they have and stuff like this and uh, it kind of started to open up more and more um and now i for some people i might sound quite crazy but it's really grown into like a hobby or like I do like to uh, also work with gemstones. Um, I actually work full time in a jewelry shop with real gemstones. So um, <laughs> it kind of came to be. <laughs> One glance at Marina's art reveals the profound impact of mangas, animes and astrologies and, and what is done for a creative process. Among all these many influences, there is one figure who holds the most significant sway of a Marina's artistic journey. And that was her father. Oh man, it's, it's, and like you can definitely see the influence in that sort of yeah, stuff with your for art. For sure. For sure. It's also, I mean, this all spirituality thing does reflect through my art, but it was also, it did also came from my uh, inner beliefs, inner emotions. I was dealing with a lot at that time when I kind of invested myself com to draw com completely. As we spoke uh, about losing a family member, at that time I did lose a family member. Uh, it was my father. Um, he was the only person in my family who was kind of... He did not understand art um, or anything related to art. He could not even draw, but he kind of did understand me. And he was the only one actually believing that I could make something out of my art. Um, in like, let's say, other my other family members were always um, saying uh, art is something like a hobby. It's not something you can live from or uh, you cannot... Artists is, being an artist is not um, 
serious job title. You need something more logical, you know. And um, after losing this one person who was kind of my rock um, emotionally, um, I felt very lost. I felt um, a lot of emotions. <laughs> I was in a blender and uh, quite depressed. And uh, it, I kind of said to myself, I really want to show my dad um, I'm not like just somebody who's doing it out of hobby. I'm not doing it. I want to make his beliefs about me and my art true. I do want to show him, even though he's on the other side, I do feel like art can connect us and I can show him through my drawings what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. So it started like this. I did for, I don't know, many months, kind of shut myself off from um, other people and was just drawing, focusing on like having this connection with him, like speaking to him through art and it kind of came to be. Though her father has departed from this world, his support and belief in her continues on and serves as a guiding light in her pursuit of making her artistic dreams come true. Marina carries with her the immeasurable impact of her father's unwavering love and encouragement. Um, even my my first official drawing is this um, girl on the moon, La Luna. This is, I think, also my most favorite, most famous uh, drawing. And this was actually uh, representing me. She's holding like this star. She's not quite touching it. She is sitting on the moon and the moon is representative of the female energy, like um, hidden emotions and more of the emotional state. And uh, this girl, she, she is like in a physical form, but this star is does represent uh, somebody I lost and uh, somebody I would like to keep contact with. But you notice that the star and the girl's hand, they never really touch they are quite close, but they never really touch. They are out of reach. So I also did want to um, get, catch this whole feeling of um, um, trying to stay connected to somebody who is in a somewhere else. You know, I do believe that people, when they leave this world, their energy just transfers somewhere else. They do not disappear completely. They are probably somewhere else. And we can also always feel them and uh, sometimes even connect to them, maybe through dreams, emotional states or something. So um, this is something that fuels me a lot um, and keeps me quite inspired. Man, that's it's really beautiful. And, and I'm sorry to, for your loss and everything. Yeah. I know it was probably some time ago. Yeah, I was also around... Um, 22 when it all happened and with 20 i did need around two years to kind of come back to my own senses um and with 24 i decided to kind of change my life completely i did see the world things and people very differently i did i could see which people are there for you and uh, which are like there just to kind of party with you. Or, you know, um, I started to focus more on people and things in life that have um, more emotional um, 
I don't know, um, connection and um, more, um, how do I say it? Some value. So um, I don't know. I don't, before I used to like live a very normal life. I didn't think much about things, but um, I was just kind of going day by day and what happens happens and loving to meet people. But now I, I focus more on like what gives me like this, inner lift up effect uh, like a feeling like uh, something that makes me feel alive and uh, something that i want to cherish and people who i want to cherish who i see that give effort to be in your life to make you a better person and um, these are the type of people i do cherish a lot during marina's journey of using art as a way to cope she made a profound discovery Art is not merely a means of self-expression and idea sorting for her. It has to come from the heart. She realized that she couldn't simply sit down and create solely for the sake of profit as her artworks would suffer. This realization became even more apparent when Marina decided to pursue art full-time as the pressures and frustrations of being an entrepreneur started to seep into her creative process and she observed how it affected her art and she didn't like it. I did try uh, for um, almost a year to just live off of my art once I was um, here in Berlin, but it didn't really work out for me. Um, and I did grow quite frustrated from it. I kind of felt angry towards myself because um, like, I didn't want to feel frustration onto my art because it's like, why it's it, it kind of translates to me why are you angry on your like other half of yourself it's a little bit stupid um and i really didn't want to keep this emotion i don't want to create art out of any type of frustration any type of aggression because i didn't start this way i started it out of uh, out of a lot of love to to the people um, in my life, to like pe- per- pe- to the person, to my father that inspired me actually to go this way. So I don't want to create out of any type of negative emotion. I want to create out of um, purity uh, that comes, you know, from this like pure emotions, like love, gratitude, um, nice type of emotions. Or if if at the time I'm going through something like um, like traumatic or hard or sad or de- depressive, um, I do use my art to convey this type of negative emotion into something like beautiful and nice and and non-aggressive. So, uh, so this is this was the point where where I said to myself, "You will not create out of frustration, and if you need to earn your money." Um, in a different type of way, then so be it. And I really believe uh, the people that are on this type of like vibration, they will connect to it. So if somebody, I have, I've had a lot of people like message me and telling me their stories and why they connected to this piece. And this is something that's actually priceless. Ever since she embarked on her artistic journey, her talent and dedication 
captured the hearts of many. She has gathered a substantial following of over 20k followers on Instagram, became a source of inspiration for so many, and she has also been featured in prestigious publications like Beautiful Bazaar magazine, showcasing her unique artworks to an even wider audience. Well, I'm still trying to figure out uh, how to make this like complete leap to be like a full-time artist. Um, I'm still in the process of this and uh, it's still quite scary to me, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I'm just kind of letting it unfold by itself. Um, Before I used to struggle a lot uh, with this like imaginary pressure to achieve everything by tomorrow uh which is uh, which is sometimes so overwhelming it's like oh i have i'm already um this and this, of this and this age and um i i want to be at this and this level in my life and um sometimes it's our personal expectations are not really realistic and um and um uh, i've kind of grown to accept this it's not like you have to achieve your complete life in the next year so i try to live like uh, by this motto um otherwise it makes me too much pressure and i get very anxious i get like anxiety attacks about it so i've um, i've decided to think less about it about this and like let more time be, be of more essence to create like some really quality stuff. And in life, do you know exactly what you're kind of, what the end goal is where you want to end up in a way? I don't know how to, um, how to describe it in words very well. Uh, it's more like, um, it's more like a feeling or uh, like a vision that I have in my head more like a vision of a fully completed life. Um, I I want to feel and live and do what I love. I did accept the fact that it may, may happen that I don't continue working on uh, as an artist my whole life, but sometimes um, I do get frustrated about this, this thought, but um, I try also to accept because you never know what tomorrow may bring. Maybe something can happen and you're like uh, forced to stop. And I don't want to be angry about anything that life holds for me. Because you know how they say, one door closes, another one opens. I really like to think in this type of way. And I don't want to be focused on the closed door. I really, I feel like I connect with so much to what you're saying, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) And and this kind of it's kind of crazy because that's what I find out with all the all these interviews is you start talking to these artists and it doesn't matter where we're from, but we all have these yeah. similar like doubts and worries and uh, you know about trying to make it in the art world and and be creative and it's yeah. it's hard and to hear other people struggle with the same thing and you're not alone and and you hear people where they finally get there you know and you hear stories of people who are still trying to get there and. Yeah. You know, it gives you hope, you know. Of course, of course. Um, the most important thing, I, I do have um, a colleague at work. He's uh, very much into art. Uh, he doesn't really make art uh, as an artist, but he does paint 
as a hobby um, at his home. And uh, he really is a spiritual person who needs art to kind of like um, survive in this world. So sometimes when I get down, um, he does really push me up and kind of like say, you just have to keep on going. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's not things are just not going in life but it doesn't mean it, they stopped <laughs> they are just not going as fast as you wish or like in this in the direction you would like it it's maybe just a bad turn it doesn't mean the road is like completely gone while marina has not become a full-time artist just yet she isn't giving up art is a part of her life and she needs it to fully express herself what I love so much about my conversation with Marina was how she would bring up all these different interests she had growing up, and you can really see how they all came together to create this unique style that is all her own. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the My Art Show podcast. I've been working really hard uh, to produce the best podcast I can, and I can really use your help. If you love what I'm doing, if you believe in the podcast, believe in sharing the stories of these artists, please consider signing up for the Patreon page. It will mean the world to me and help me continue to grow this thing and 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 of the production quality even more. So check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Myrdage Real. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.